This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 22. We're dealing with several laws. Today's today's grouping of laws that God is giving Israel to live, rules to live by, are of great interest. Uh, there's And they're diverse. They just deal with all kinds of issues and things. And, and as you study through them, a lot of times you just get bored with this rule and that, this rule and that rule. And everybody does because in our own flesh, we don't like rules. Rules, rules are a chaos to us because our flesh wants to be chaotic. Our flesh wants to just do what it does. And when rules identify what's wrong, what you shouldn't be doing, and you're in the middle of doing those things, obviously you don't like it. Your flesh just recoils against it. And so when you're reading through Exodus and then you get into Leviticus and there's just a list of rules after rules and how things are to be set up and things like that. Uh, it's in many ways an instruction manual, but remember it reveals the heart of God. And there are some very key spiritual truths that you can d- draw out of these things because they're pictures of, of God's character. They're not the total definition of God's character because that would be, that'd be very hard to do in just one rule, but they give you insights into the character and nature of God. And we start out with one that's just really, really important, just in a societal sense. He says, if a man seduces a virgin who has not been pledged to marry, to be married and sleeps with her, he must pay the bride price and she shall be his wife. Now, there's a seducing of the young lady. Uh, they have relations. He, is, he has to pay the bride price, and that's the dowry. He's got he's to pay what the value of having her as his wife. That's that's pretty straightforward. There's a cost to that. Why? Because he has he's cost the family a lot and he can't steal. There's theft there. And obviously, remember this is not forced like we saw with the sons of Jacob and them killing the man in the village because he took they took he took his sister. This is not a forced situation, although that might not have been a forced situation. This is a situation where there's a relationship, and it's not right. It's she's not pledged to be married to him. They he's older than her, and and there's not an equity there as far as position. And quite clearly in scripture right here, he's saying that's not right. Shouldn't be done. But if it is done, it's going to cost him. But by the way, if her father absolutely refuses to give her to him, he must still pay pay the bride price for the virgin, for virgins. So what the whole point is, is that that even if if you think you're going to get her skirt around this and have you have someone that is not right for you to have, you're going to, if the father doesn't want the, his daughter to be with you, you still got to pay the price and you don't get the, you don't get the advantage of having her as your wife. 
I think this is a, a beautiful, it's, first of all, it's, a, it's an important picture of God's wanting to keep us holy and his desire for it to cost someone who does not do that, who does not function that way. We're to be holy as he is holy. And if, if a man operates in a underhanded or in a, I guess the best way for be, most people would say in our culture in a sleazy way, and uh, he seduces a young lady and, and she now is not a virgin, he st- he's got to pay the bride price. He, he can't say she's not a virgin, so I'm not going to marry her for the same value. Sorry, you, you're the one who made that happen. And then if the father doesn't want you to have it, you don't even have her as a wife. You don't want, doesn't want to have uh, you as a son-in-law. See, you don't get her and you still have got to pay the price. And, and what this is meant to do is it's meant, to, meant for dating, marital relationships, these relationships that they had then for them to be above board and to be straightforward and for there not to be uh, sneaking around and just doing what you want to do. That it was meant to be out in the open. People were, wanted to know uh, what was going on and that there not be uh, things that would cause there to be unrest in society because these things can be very passionate and very and cause people to become very angry. And we saw that in Genesis where two brothers killed uh, the man who uh, took their sister and killed the whole village. And so you could see that needs to be handled. It needs to be handled in a very important way. The next one is very straight out forward. It is, it is tough. He says, do not allow a sorceress to live. Wow. If you're caught in sorcery or what in the Old Testament would have been understood as magic, in all actuality, this idea of sorcery or magic is tied to, in the New Testament, very tightly it's tied to drug abuse. In fact, the word for sorcery or magic in the New Testament is pharmaka, and it's the word we get pharmacy from, the word we get pharmaceuticals from. And even back then, in all times, you can see that going on in even our Native American culture here in the uh, North America, that the use of peyote or the use of hallucinogenics in, in dealing with the spiritual world was a was an important religious experience. It's also a, it's not religious in the sense of a relationship with the one true God, but it, it was considered a religious experience. And they did that back. They've done, this is going on all around the world where drugs were getting high is what we would call it, but where they would go into a trance, they'd find substances that they could. This is this issue that we have today of drug abuse has been going on for centuries past and that going on all the way to the beginning of our country and all the way back even 3,000 years to this time where God's saying, do not allow those who practice black magic, who practice sorcery, who practice drug-induced trances and are trying to connect with the spiritual world using these things, don't allow them to live. Now, that's pretty cut and dry. And he doesn't really even dance around it. He just says, don't allow them to live. Cut them off from your society. And let me tell you something. In my line of work dealing with drug abuse, it is a horrible thing. I've had a, I had a conversation even last night with someone who is just plain straight up said, I am addicted to this and I am struggling with that. It is a dark corner of our society that many fall into and many get in so much difficulty and struggle in their life because of black, because of this 
pharmaca, this, these hallucinogenic drugs, these drugs that divorce you from reality and take you places where you really don't want to ultimately end up. You think you do, but ultimately in the end, you just really don't want to end up there. And so God says, I don't want even anybody to even get close to it. If there's anything like that going on, cut it off, end it. And uh, you could see why, and if you, if you had a lot of the experiences that I, I've had, and I know many of you listening on here now, today, or, or over the next week, or even over the next few years, a lot of you had experience with that too, personally, in your family, you've had experience with it in your job situation. It is a devastating issue, and, uh, and in many ways, it's an issue that, that has been going on for uh, generation after generation, and we just pray for those who are, who are dealing with it, that they get delivered from it. And we sure do, in a free society, struggle with it because people have freedom, and that freedom leads them oftentimes into addiction. He says, anyone who has sexual relations with an animal is, be to, be put, is to be put to death. Another one that's real straightforward. And a lot of times you'd say, well, that's just obvious. We, shall, we ought to do that all the time. I'm going to tell you today that when I was a young boy, there's a lot of things that are going on right now in that realm that would have been considered just something you should not do and society should have nothing to do with. And now they are being not only allowed to take place out there in the open, but people are, people are lauding them and celebrating them as something courageous. And if you don't think that this is coming down the road for our country, it is. I have no doubt that it is. In fact, you hear rumblings under the surface of it. And anything that has to do with this type of stuff, not only sexual relations with animals, but polygamy, all kinds of what we call, quote, call, quote unquote, these new family arrangements where multiple partners living together and every matter, matter Every manner of degradation is coming down the road, and we're awash in it as a society, and it touches every one of us. We all struggle with the different aspects of sexuality. We all do. We, every person does because it is so personal and so intimate, and the devil gets his foothold in those things also. And just sorcery or, or drug abuse in the section above, God's really dealing with just the straightforward stuff that is a struggle in society. And with all the pornography and all the just out in the open, blatant sexuality, some of it quite clearly against uh, scripture, we're awash in it. And it causes so many problems for us as we move forward as a people, as a society, as a community. It's just an issue. And he says, cut that off too. He says, whoever sacrifices to any other than the Lord must be destroyed. And here's something that's not familiar to us, but it is a it is an understanding that in Israel they lived in a theocracy. They didn't live in a democracy. They lived in a theocracy, and we actually live in a representative republic. But they lived in a theocracy, meaning from this time until until Saul is named king of Israel, they are going to live on their own. They're going to live under their own community and governmental system. They're going to have judges that judge over them, and some of them go to war and fight for them. The book of Judges is going to is going to explain this time period, Where and the key verse in the book of Judges is each man did what was right in his own eyes. So there's going to be an element of each person's going to do and, and live life according to what they understand to be right and what they understand to be the rules, the laws that God is giving them to live by, these social responsibilities that God is giving them in their society. 
And so they're going to live like that, and they're going to live under the rule of really what is, in essence, God gave them the law, and they're going to live by the law under God's rule. And so they live under theocracy. And one of the things that will destroy a theocracy, theocracy for sure is, it's easy for me to say, he said, whoever sacrifices to any God other than the Lord must be destroyed. If you live in a theocracy, you can't have people who are worshiping other gods. And so God says it's to annihilate them. It's to remove them from, from you in any way possible. It doesn't just mean put, be put to death. First one was not allowed to live. Second one was put to death. Third one is to be totally scrubbed from society. Why? Because you can't live under, you can't serve two masters. You either serve or the God that is the head of your nation, which is Yahweh, who's led them out of Egypt and taken them out of bondage and taken them to the promised land. You either, you either do that or you, you live under other gods and you can't have two. You only have one. And so he says, uh, if you don't, if you do not, if you do not take care of doing things right, as far as worshiping me, if you allow there to be other gods worshiped, you can't have both. And if you do the arrangements and the way I'm setting up your society to function in a healthy and a wholesome way is going to be destroyed. So you can't allow the people to worship other gods. And I think that's pretty straightforward. It's not a, it's not an issue. Now you say, we, we can't do that in our society. No, and we don't, we're not going to do that in our society. But remember, we're not in the theocracy that God's creating for the Israelites. We're not under this law or the uh, mystery of the New Testament. We're the Gentiles who God's going to bring into his kingdom. And we're not trying to set up a theocracy either. There's, there's no real movement in the Christian church to set up a theocracy. There's nothing, there might be some folks out there on the fringe that want to do that, but we know that's not possible. We know that we want to be in the world, making it, making an impact on the world as believers. And we want to live and function in our society in the right ways, but we also want to speak truth to our society. And some of the things that we talked about here today are, are truth that our society needs to understand. Obviously, we have a problem with, with sexual things that are brought up right here. We have a problem with drug abuse and sorcery. We, we have issues with that. And we also have issues with, with people worshiping all kinds of crazy things. We do have those issues in society, and we need to speak truth to that, those societies, the society that we live in and the people that we live with. We need to tell them these things are right and these things are wrong. Now, that is telling them wholly when you're dealing with someone who is struggling with one of these things, you don't deal with what's right and wrong. They already know that. The Spirit's already dealing with that in them. The Spirit's being poured out on all flesh. He's dealing with them about that. They know it's wrong. What you need to do is give them the grace so that they can grab hold of God and receive deliverance from it. And so we have to, in a global sense, speak truth to our society. But in an individual sense, we got to speak grace and hope so that they might take hold of that hope that we have in us. And it, sometimes that's even hard to understand that God has told us that we need to, as a, as a church, say these are the things that make a healthy society, make a society that is strong and has strong bonds, social bonds, and these are the things that destroy society. And there's a lot of forces at work trying to destroy our society, and we need to speak to those things. But as individual, on the individual level, we need to speak to the individual and share with them the grace of God that they might know him, because remember, we don't come to God as a nation like the Israelites do. We come to God as individuals now in the New Testament. And so we understand that they have to receive that grace 
from God on an individual level. And truth is, no one comes to God on a global level anymore. They all come to Christ individually. The gate and the way to the kingdom of God is one man wide, and that's Jesus Christ. And each person has to come to him on their own and deal with him personally as their Lord and Savior. And so we've got a lot of things to understand to be truth on how to live. And we've got a lot of things to understand about how to reach others and give them the hope that's in us. And as we learn those things and we struggle through those things and grow through those things, I pray that you will continue to think about them, consider consider how we should live, because the considered life is the abundant life, the life that takes into account all that God has said to us, and understanding that is the life of hope. And so I pray that I'll be the case for you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.